Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email on the mark at WKOK.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. <laughs> We're going to the tape. We're going to the tape. Mark insists I didn't read something that I read yesterday. Yeah, whoever sent us a text, if you'd like to hear it, Joe won't read it because he insists he already read it. Yesterday. Read it. Yeah, it's gone. So. All right. But EB sent us the, a note. Oh, EB's always good for a good note. He's got the feel-good <laughs> sentiment of the day posted here, so we'll read that. All right, welcome aboard, everybody. It's the WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark Joe, and I can't even agree on what we talked about Today yesterday. Today is Wednesday, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, all right, we found an area for agreement. We're in full agreement we there. Are. But uh, are you having a great Wednesday? Well, this is the start of it. I mean, it can't go any further down from here. Right? Well, you've been up since 4 o'clock. I mean, surely you'd have 4.30 some, today. You'd I have had a council some, meeting last night. You'd so. have some sense of how things are going. They're, but they're going as they usually go. Okay. Snafu. <laughs> oh, no kidding. Okay. Situation normal. All, all fouled, fouled up. up. Right. All right. <laughs> 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. We would love to hear from uh, you today. This is the live telephone uh, show on WKOK, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at on the mark at WKOK.com and text us at 702. Three six. Oh, I see Stan's all ready to go. He's calling in. So we got one call coming in. No text rating. One one email from EB already. Let me tell you about the Sunbury Motor Company. Oh, please do. One of the vehicles that you can get there. Now, they have the sport version that does not have the sunroof on hand. But uh, the Ford Explorer is just a fabulous vehicle. Very agile, even though it's a full-size SUV. Very spacious cabin, even though your gasoline mileage, you're going to average about 21 miles. The gallon. That's the same as you get as an F-150, but on the highway, you're going to tap uh, 30 from exit to exit, and of course, uh, dead of winter city driving, you're going to be down into the upper teens, but it's a great way to really save a lot of gasoline and drive an SUV. It's got kind of that stiff ride that goes with the SUV. The one I drove is a 2.3-liter turbocharged four-cylinder motor, and boy, does that uh, crank out horsepower. Makes a lot of noise when you... Did you say you were stiff while you were driving that vehicle? Well, I try to sit up straight in the vehicle if I can so I can, don't hurt my back. But uh, And I don't want to take the plastic off the seats or the floor. Well, I don't think they want you to. Right. <laughs> this is somebody else's truck or, well, SUV. So, But, yeah, it's got that, that muffler on it. makes it sound like kind of raspy when you uh, tromp on the gas. But it is just a fantastic vehicle and just shifts as smoothly as possible, especially at low speeds. There is a hybrid version available. 
I'm not quite sure what uh, the uh, you know the towing capacity, what sort of the numbers are on that. But there is a hybrid out there, and what the hybrids basically do with the EcoBoost motors is they up the amount of city uh, mileage that you would get. So if you're going to be tri- primarily doing short trips and so on, that's where you'd probably get the savings with the hybrid that would pay for itself in a couple years. It's got the Ford Co-Pilot 360 automatic emergency braking, pedestrian detection, and everything else to keep you safe. Lane holders and backup uh, warning devices and you name it. It's just a super vehicle. Ford Explorer. Uh, price range, I think you could probably come on with this kind of a normal one for 33000 bucks. The one I looked on was 42 I know they have the luxury touring McGranahan, they call it, all tricked out with leather, uh, even yeah. as a leather sunroof, $55,000. sunroof. Yep. It's so hard that, to see through that, isn't it? It isn't ideal for everybody, okay? so I didn't think. But that's the Ford Explorer, and you can check out that vehicle and many others at the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Oh, I guessed wrong this time. First time ever. Eric, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I wasn't near a phone yesterday, uh, but can you confirm for me uh, late in the show, I believe Cindy called in, and <laughs> she tried to say that it was the responsibility and the fault of both the Democratic Party and also spectacularly Ruth Bader Ginsburg that Roe versus Wade was overturned. Is that what you guys understood her to say? No, I think she's right in that it's a factor. Ruth Bader Ginsburg knew she was in failing health, and we had a Democratic president at the time, Mr. Obama. So if you wanted to be strategic about these things, as the Republicans have been for 50 years, you would uh, resign so that President Obama could appoint somebody and you would get a... uh, You know, you would maintain that balance. She gambled that she'd make it through another four years or eight years, which, you know, in hindsight, obviously didn't win that gamble, unfortunately, and left a tremendous legacy, but a vacancy <coughs> in the court under President Trump, and President Trump uh, all along it says, you know, I have people named by the Heritage Foundation. These are perfect pro-life candidates. He and got Justice Ginsburg, or Bader Ginsburg, also uh, had some serious reservations about the original Roe versus Wade decision. So she wasn't exactly as cut and dried as she was portrayed to be. So in any event, yes, yeah, so that's so it, Cindy but, said but that. it was um it was her her audacity to die too soon. That's that's what we're we're saying. No, because that's if you not also look if, if you also look, you can see that from two thousand fourteen on, the Republicans had a majority in the Senate. And we could see as what happened with when Anthony Scalia died and he also probably died, you know, it was it was just, you know, his fault, uh, that they refused to uh, even consider Obama's uh, um, nomination with Merrick Garland. Right, so if, if Ginsburg had resigned due to health concerns, four years, four years before she died, the Republicans would have pulled their switcherooey and wouldn't have considered anyhow. Well, you don't know what they would have done. I mean, that I don't think anybody would uh, deny. I can tell you what. I don't think you never want to listen. I don't think that the Republicans could have gotten away with that. I mean, it's one thing to argue in the last 12 months before a presidential election that there be implications to appointing somebody to the Supreme Court, but they wouldn't exist early in a term, and uh, no one has ever done that. So it's never, never historically been done. I doubt it ever would be. I mean, they might hold up a specific nominee or grill him like the devil, but 
they'd eventually pass them. And you may not remember, Eric, but in 2016, President Trump said, look, you may not like me. You don't like the things I say. Put me on this presidential, put me in the White House, and I will appoint pro-life conservative justices when I'm given the opportunity. So, and people, a, a lot of people said, well, I hate President Trump's personality or his behaviors, his words, but I'll I bet we, <clears throat> we got to get a... Um, <clears throat> A conservative justice series named. All right, Eric, go ahead and wrap up. You got an open mic. Yeah, wrap up because you guys just just silenced me for half of my call, and not allow me to. You guys, you guys silence me and then pontificate for over half of my call and don't even allow me to to challenge, which is typical. Well, but okay, so everything's okay. But then, <laughs> but then, President Trump could nominate someone in the last four months of his term. And Republicans say, that's fine. And they put her in, uh, and she was actually put in Supreme Court on the last day of his presidency, but that's okay. But President Obama had nine months for his, and Republicans said, no, that's not fine. But when President uh, Trump did his, oh, that's fine. And we put her in right away. Why? (laughs) And and then you you claim that that the Congress is not infringing upon what should be the true uh, course of the uh, Supreme Court. Well, yeah, I don't think anybody in this room appreciated what the U.S. Senate was doing as in the last year of uh, President Trump's, or President, President Obama's Obama. uh, presidency. I, we didn't find endorsements in this room. We're just telling you what the, what actually happened and what a caller actually said. But as a Republican, <laughs> it's okay that Amy Coney Barrett was nominated after Ruth Bader Ginsburg had the audacity to die. And she was nominated okay. within one month and confirmed within six weeks, and that was okay. Well, that's the way the process works. Yeah. Oh, that's the way the process works. What but you, you still claim, it? Joe, that flawed? Joe that the, the Congress flawed? is not meddling in the Supreme Court. What was flawed? You, kill, you still say See, that. See, here's here's our problem, Eric. This is not a Eric goes on a five minute uninterrupted rant. This is a discussion program. You say something, we want to comment on it, but you don't stop and listen to our comments. I think there's absolutely no problem with the system being sped up or slowed down. It's a political process, and that's what you seem to fail to understand. And it's going to be played by the politicians for whatever benefit they see in it. And the justices appointed are politicians, too. They're sent there to represent a political ideal on the part of whomever sent them there, Republican right. or ideal or pro-life or not. And Obama would have appointed liberals if he had had the chance to right. make three They're appointments. They're not objective, sort of unbalanced justices like uh, lady, lady Justice with the scales. They're the not that. Right. They're just, <laughs> they're just a bunch of uh, Republican and Democrat hacks that get appointed to a very important job, a high court. But of course, that once the, the court is seated, it becomes non-political because there's nothing that can be done. We have no no recall. We have no uh, ability to elect new ones. But it, here, it's, 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 so it becomes, after they're in, it becomes non-political. Well, that's what the, was the intention of the framers of the Constitution. By creating a lifetime appointment, they believed they were taking politics out of the equation once <laughs> the justices were seated. Oops. After that, they have no incentive not to vote their conscience. They're not going to get anything else politically. There's nowhere else for them to go unless yeah, they choose Justice to resign Roberts. and run something out, run for another office. Look at Justice Roberts always votes, votes his conscience. Well, I think they all do. So, so again, you agree that the the, uh, Constitution was meant to take politics out of the court 
but do you feel it's okay to for politics manipulate who goes into the court? Well, explain to me a politics-free system. The, the idea was now that, you that there should be a checks and balances. There are. The checks and balances the president proposes, and Congress has to advise and consent. And you the can Senate impeach a justice, correct? Right, you can impeach a justice. So where where is this, and how does this non-political system of yours work? Because if everyone does no, their job, just as, as is indicated by the, by the, the Constitution, that the president nominates and the Senate then confirms. But when no, no. If they bring politics into it and consider that, oh, it's too close to an election when we have the power <laughs> to consider them. But when when it's you know less amount of time and we have the power, then we will consider it and ramble somebody through. That that is bringing politics into the court, which shouldn't have it. Oh, come on, Eric. You're not that naive. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, but, but see, I'm, re, I'm refuting your argument, and now you're saying you're I'm naive. Refuting, you're not refuting an argument. You're not making any sense. That is not an argument. <laughs> it's not. I'm not I mean, making any sense no, when I'm stating facts because of what has happened in recent political history. The political process works one way or another, but there's absolutely nothing illegal about not having a vote on a nominee. There's absolutely nothing illegal about ramming it through in three months. The Democrats could do that as well as Republicans, and there are instances where the Democrats have pulled some pretty interesting things on the Supreme Court nominations as oh, well. Really? Like what? Okay, I like to hear them, Joe, in the last 30 seconds I have. Tell me in recent history what the Democrats have done. I'm not talking about recent history. (laughs) Okay. Millard Fillmore had an opportunity. opportunity. No, just kidding. Calvin Coolidge. Go back and look at Calvin Coolidge. Well, this current court may go all the way back to 150-some years ago in some of their ideas. And again, my, my concern is that the court over last 50 years, when there was Republican administration and Democratic administration, agreed that Roe versus Wade was a good compromise. All right, and now that you. we had one one court nominated by one <laughs> by one president and three of them, one third of them, now they are refuting fifty years of of of, of thought from previous justices. All right, noted. Thank you so much, Eric. Thanks, Thanks Eric. for calling Thank you. I appreciate it, gentlemen. Have a good one. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Hold on callers. We will be right back. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing and can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. <laughs> Fanfare for the common man, yes. Emerson Lake and Palmer. Emerson Probably Lake and Palmer. 75, 76, something Somewhere like that. in that neck of the woods. All right, Bobby, yeah. you're on the mark. Go right ahead. Yeah, I think it was 75. But anyhow, <laughs> I'd, I'd like to congratulate Joe 
and the Central uh, Susquehanna Valley Thruway Committee, and you know, for keeping you know uh, hanging in there. The because I grew up, uh, of course, you know, in the same town you did, Mark, in, in Sunbury. And of course, I can remember 80 East was built. But then 80 West was built later on. Of course, my brother-in-law worked for the highway department at that time. And uh, uh, we actually went hunting on, on uh, 80 West before it was built. But, I, you know, it took, you know, quite a lot of determination and cooperation between all the governments and, and all the funding in that. But thank God we have the Central Susquehanna Valley uh, Thruway. Oh, yeah. 1977, incidentally. <laughs> okay. The, so. the answer. So. Okay. But anyway, okay, noted. Thank you so much. Yeah, Joe deserves a lot of credit. They ought to name the bridge after him while he's still alive. But That's right. I think there's a rule against that in Harrisburg now. No, actually, the, the Linda tells me the rule has been changed. Oh, has they, okay. they had somebody they wanted to name something after who was apparently on his last legs. Oh, and, and they so wanted... they changed the law so that they could do it. And he was, she wasn't referring to you, right? No. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Bobby. Thanks for calling Thanks, in. Thanks, Bob. All right. All right, thank you. Take yep. care. 1-800-795-9565. Stan, you are next. You have an open microphone. What's irritating you today? <laughs> uh, well, Eric started it, but anyways. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, you know, Eric got on there and was complaining about how the Republicans block Garland. Well, I consider that a good thing for the country, considering the way he's acted since he's become Attorney General. But it also... They didn't vote on Garland or have hearings on him because they said it was uh, Obama's last term in the last few months of his last term. There was no chance of him being reelected, so we'll wait and we'll see who gets elected. If Hillary had gotten elected, Garland would have been on the board, on the you know the bench, or somebody she might have nominated somebody else. But it sure wouldn't have been a right, you know, right-leaning uh, constitutionalist, would it have? It would have been a left-leaning radical. Just like Garland would have been. That simple. And Ketanji Brown now. So well, that, that, right. that's why. They I mean, because it was so close. You overlooked. So, you know, <laughs> you, you can't have it both ways. And Trump nominated who he nominated to replace Ginsburg because he was still up for re-election. He could have won. And he, well, I ain't going to go there. But, uh, you know, so that's water under the bridge. And as far as the, you know, the Senate and... Uh, and the filibuster with judges, that's all on the Democrats, in my opinion. And they'll say, well, they didn't do it with the Supreme Court justices. No, nah, but they opened up the door, and Mitch McConnell took advantage of it. So, you know, payback's, uh, you know, <laughs> you know what it is. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. Now, what I really called about is, I heard in the radio today that last month, our fine president... You know, he released all this oil from the strategic oil reserves, right? You know, the, the oil that's supposed to be there for in case of emergency, national emergency. He released $5 million, and they sold it to foreign countries, into Europe and into Asia. You know, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me why that's happening. That oil is to be used in this country, not foreign countries, even though they may need help. That's, that's on them to get their own energy. It's our energy. Our tax dollars paid for it to fill up the strategic reserves, and now he's selling it off, and it's going to foreign nations. When's the impeachment trial going to start? That's what I want. Why was it sold overseas instead of used in the U.S.? You'd have to ask Biden, because none of that makes sense to me. <laughs> That's what, what I'm saying. He released it supposedly to, what, help lower the gas price in this country, and now he's moving it overseas? So you're cutting oil reserves that are for emergencies only, 
and you're not doing anything to increase the supply here. Makes perfect sense to me. How about you? Well, I think we've established that it's not just for emergencies. <laughs> As the name implies, it's for strategy. Might be political strategy, but it, it, it isn't just for emergencies. It's whenever the nation needs it. And, of course, exceedingly high gasoline prices or short supply probably are, are acceptable regions. But, you know, I, I think you have to think of the maybe one reason. And, again, this is your complaint, and I'm trying to answer it just based on speculation. Maybe because global oil markets are just that. It's this huge global sloshing oil pool. Where it comes from and where it goes isn't nearly as critically important. It's the types of oils that go where. Maybe his thought was, well, if we can reduce, uh, where did you say it went to China and someplace else? Uh, Asia and European nations. Okay, so uh, China, China, maybe India, it could help wherever. reduce the uh, need for Russian oil over there. So maybe that was part of the strategy. <laughs> so yeah, it's hard to say. But but whatever it was, it was successful. Uh, People who are experts in this thing say the price of oil went down about three cents almost immediately. Of course, now the demand is slightly down and production slightly up, so we're we're enjoying more savings now. You do realize that China is buying all the oil from Russia that they can. Right. They don't care about embargoes and, well, and, and boycotts and all that. They're buying what they can from Russia now. Right. So India this money, this oil going into the Asia, some of it went to China, some of it went to India. It's 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 can't say it on the air. But anyways, uh, it, it's 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 doesn't make sense to me because it's to be used here in the United States of America. It's our strategic oil reserves. Okay, it was set up for emergency, not because some president wants to play political football. I don't care which president it is, whether it's a Republican or Democrat. They shouldn't be selling the oil, just like none of our oil, in my opinion, should be exported out of this country. It should all be used here. And I know why they do. They move it backwards because they say some of crude's better than others, and they mix it and blend it. That's part of it. But if, if it came to the point where you couldn't get the other crude, then every bit of it, every drop should remain in this country. All right, we got you. Okay, thank you, Stan. All right, All right. have yeah, a good thank one. You. Thanks. One eight hundred seven nine five. I have to ask you nine we five. I'm sorry. Six five. five. When we were talking to Eric, and I've mentioned the Democrats had pulled some funny stuff in the Supreme Court. You immediately said Millard Fillmore. Did you know that's who no, it was? No, I just he's just uh, top of the mind. It actually was Millard Fillmore. No, that's funny. During, he made three appointments to the Supreme Court, and each one the Democrats. Ignored. They didn't take any action on it. Mm. So they didn't just do it one time, as the Republicans did. The Democrats did it three times. In what length of time? The whole time he was there. Over his term. Over his term. He was trying to reappoint. After Mitch McConnell gets in next year, he says, we're not, it doesn't matter. Biden could nominate 912 justices. We're not going to look at them. Well, then they're not going to be, we are going to change the Supreme Court. It's going to be like three or six justices down there if we're not going to nominate them. No, they've got to stop. I I do agree with Eric from one point. I mean, it has become the process is terribly political. I don't see any other way for it to be, but it shouldn't be as political as it is. I mean, that's sad that it is has become so political. But, you know, it's funny because uh, in Mayor Lori Lightfoot in Chicago, um, just 
came on TV yesterday and was really excoriating people for their lack of respect for institutions. She was particularly talking about the Chicago Police Department, who've come, who've come under some criticism because of all the shootings there, and then they're not clearing any of the homicides mm-hmm. to speak of. And, you know, she said, "All the you've got to respect our institutions." The week before that, she told Clarence Thomas to go blank himself, <laughs> and really came down on the Supreme <laughs> Court. You know, so here's here's the hypocrisy we have in politics. The people are saying, oh, we need to respect our institutions. We need to have some faith in this. But blank this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Who's a justice of the U.S. Supreme, Supreme Court, Court. Was respected up up until recent years. All right. Uh, one, uh, let's see. Read some of those. All they're right, all, well, we'll, they're we'll, all fair game. Right. Uh, one of our emailers says, Eric wouldn't have a problem if the tables were reversed. His party, Harry Reid in particular, destroyed the process. What if... Uh, Justice Roberts resigned now in the interest of fairness, saying, you know, this court's too extreme. What if he stepped down? It's not extreme. It's conservative. What if, <laughs> right. if, what if, what if I called it, if it was a liberal majority, said, oh, it's extreme. You wouldn't like that. Well, I think the, the decisions that are being made seem extreme to people. You're right. I mean, they may not be in, in a courtroom or based on the nation's politic as a whole over the history of the nation, you know, s- since its very inception. But, but they're certainly extreme to what we've had lately. Okay. You have one justice saying, go ahead and send us a, you know, things that relate to gay marriage or conception, and also overturning Roe v. Wade, which some people say was decided law. So that's extreme in the, in the minds of people. Okay, stop for a minute. Have you read the opinion that Justice Alito wrote? The whole thing, no. Yeah. Where, you know, I have yet to have anybody, people have called emotionally about this issue. Oh, it's terrible, it's horrible, it's that, and so forth. But tell me where the logic is flawed in what he wrote. Tell me where he de- deliberately looked at the Constitution the wrong way. I don't see it. Yeah, I didn't I, say I, that he did. No, but that's what I'm saying. Is it extreme to follow the Constitution? That is what the Supreme Court's job is, to interpret the laws we make and determine whether or not they fit the Constitution. That's the whole purpose of the Supreme Court. Well, I can't, I, but I, in this day and age, I think you can't just Google search the Constitution and say, aha, it doesn't say anything about AR-15, so therefore they should be completely unregulated or something, or it doesn't say anything about uh, carrying protection or open carry or things. Hence the term interpretation. That's what the justices do. And the Constitution has plenty of room in it to call attention to interpretation. And that's what many people, what most people had hoped was happening with Roe v. Wade, is that people had interpreted the Constitution and the, uh, what are they, caveats or the add-ons that are in the Ninth Amendment, I forget what they call them, but the... The Bill of Rights? Yes, where they get an opportunity to uh, things that aren't specifically... of the first ten amendments, actually. right? So, well, I can't remember the name of them right at the moment. But in any event, that's where all of this comes in: things that aren't regulated, you know, things that might relate to labor or something like that. All right, to be continued. You are listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show, On the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Papa 
is on the cross for me. It's fabulous. Grandchildren, both are quite capable of voicing the word Papa these days. One's a teenager, does it less. One's a toddler, does it more. But uh, Joe appreciates it every time they do, and he does get to spend some quality time with those kids enjoying his retirement year, his golden years. (laughs) Joe, are these golden? Are these golden? (laughs) Yeah, they're golden, all right. (laughs) Okay. You're taking more gold out of your basement, probably, to pay for things, that's for sure. Amen. All right. On the other side of the glass, Sam Tyler. Tyler's over there, so a fabulous uh, announcer and music uh, person and just a super helper around here. She's an assistant program director, and she is the glue that makes everything stick together around here. So we always appreciate her help and hard work. On the Mark is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. The inventory is starting to trickle upward. So uh, I, would, I wouldn't say there's necessarily a dozen of each vehicle on the lot down there, but they have some vehicles. And Lightning's just Joe have passed through the turnstiles oh, at the right. Sunbury Motor Company. So, yeah, they're That's starting to come out. News. You're going to see them on the street shortly. There's a couple sold in our area, so keep your eyes open. This is the electric one. Joe's is still anxiously waiting for a chip on the train car near Dearborn, but I'll tell you what, <laughs> this truck <laughs> is gorgeous. Will you see it? Anyway, our toll-free line now open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarket.com and text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. Talking about the U.S. Supreme Court and Democratic and Republican shenanigans and not approving and rapidly approving justices and the strategy of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And I suggested maybe John Roberts uh, should uh, step down so that uh, to make the court uh, more evenly balanced. But, of course, he's not doing that. So not a, there's a reason they call Lawrence's uh, predictions worthless. So And actually, nobody's called me on the, my worthless prediction that uh, the U.S. Congress would do nothing on guns. And guess what? It was a worthless well, we have prediction. That bipartisan bill that passed. Right. It, it was a worthless prediction, <laughs> as predicted accurately right. by me, that my predictions are worthless. All right. So, what's your view on these important topics? Uh, should John Roberts resign? That's mine. Should we impeach Clarence Thomas? No, you can't be should, serious. Let's move on to something serious. Oh, okay. Only serious topics. <laughs> Clarence today. Thomas should be impeached, and John Roberts should resign. Those are pipe dreams, my man. Okay. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Very brief. News headlines here. Pine Knotter of the Year, Noel Long, of course, you know her, is just a really avid volunteer in the city of, or check that, the borough of Northumberland. And 17857.org is uh, her puppy these days, and she takes fabulous care of everybody in Northumberland. Noel Long, a man wanted for stealing from a dead body in Shemokin Dam several years ago, was located in Puerto Rico and extradited back to Snyder County. Shemokin Dam police, <laughs> the guy probably thought he was fleeing the country. Anyway, Shemokin Dam police. Police tell us Jose Hernandez Thurbus was working at a motel in Shemokin Dam in 2018, stole a wallet from a dead man in one of the rooms. They say he racked up about $500 in credit card charges, then fled to Puerto Rico. Police Chief Tim Bremage in Shemokin Dam tells us they found Thurbus. U.S. Marshals flew him to Harrisburg, and local police went and got him. The defendant is facing a series of felony forgery and theft charges, as well as abuse of a corpse. He's jailed quarter million dollars bail. Joe, why is this worth it for the, city, the borough to to go get him, explain why this is uh, has to happen this well, when way. When you file a criminal charge against somebody and the marshal service, he absconds and the marshal service finds him, you go pick him they up. They bring him up. <laughs> right, okay. They bring him up. Even though it's tremendous expense. So, okay, I got you. Well, why? and you can't let something like that go. The charges filed against the guy are pretty serious. And, right, and so I think the be. moment he sent back on the mainland, how about we pick him up? 
what doesn't work. Why that would way. he ever come back? <laughs> well, then <laughs> knows, what, what difference? He fled because he knew he was in trouble. So why would he come back? Okay, so he's a U.S. citizen charged with a crime. He should be punished. All right, I got you. Some Northumberland County. That's the way it usually works. Okay, well, yeah, that seems like a lot of money just to go get him. But in any event, yeah, that's that's fine. That's the way the law works. Some Northumberland County employees getting a little raise to combat inflation. Commissioner Chairman Sam Shikatana says commissioners approved uh, offsetting one-time payments to hundreds of county workers if they have been working during this inflationary period. Point Township, Northumberland County was the location, and U.S. Senator Bob Casey was the guest for a quick Q&A with Matt Catrillo, our news director, during the ribbon-cutting last week for the CSVT. Senator Casey was asked about his view on checking juvenile records before somebody buys a gun. So if someone is 18 and they want to get a high-powered weapon of war, their juvenile records can be examined. It's not the full scope of background check legislation that I support, but it's a, it's a step forward. Senator Casey also said he's a big fan of the funding that was approved for red flag laws. Uh, AP's reporting that uh, Senator Doug Mastriano, Pennsylvania's Republican nominee for governor, has made a campaign claim out of the allegation that the Democratic Governor Tom Wolf's policy of readmitting COVID-19 patients from hospitals to nursing homes caused thousands of deaths, but turns out it's a baseless claim. No investigator or researcher has provided any evidence to prove this to this point, says AP. In fact, layers of inspections by national and state researchers have pointed to entirely something different, that nursing home employees ushered in the virus every day, bringing it in from the community. Uh, the friendly, the uh, Mastriano, where is it? There we go. Uh, the spread of the virus in nursing homes directly correlated to community spread within areas. Now, definitely more deadly for nursing homes than it was for the general community. But uh, the investigators found administrators flouting staff or requirements and infection control procedures that were lax, and nursing home employees bringing the virus into the nursing home is what caused it, not individuals who had suffered from the disease coming into the nursing home for recuperation. President Biden awarded the nation's highest honor for valor to four men for their service in the Vietnam War. Retired Green Beret John Duffy was the lone American fighting alongside badly outnumbered South Vietnamese troops. We were given orders to fight to the death. He kept the North Vietnamese at bay, calling in American airstrikes, despite being wounded. They wanted to medically evacuate me, but I refused, because I was the only American up there. They could not have held without American air. All right, that's CBS's David Martin. Finally, it just took a few hours to raise more than a million dollars for a two-year-old boy who survived the Highland Park Parade Massacre. Both of Aidan McCarthy's parents were killed Monday. He was found unharmed, unharmed under Dad's body. The story broke the hearts of thousands of people who gave enough to reach the $500,000 GoFundMe target. The boy's now in the care of his grandparents, and the fund keeps growing. The two-year-old toddler orphaned on the 4th of July in Amen shooting. There we go. All right. 1-800-7... You almost want to do something about it, doesn't it? (laughs) 1-800-7... Well, what are we going to do? Well, we just passed these laws. Maybe they would help. Does Illinois have a red flag law? Yes, they do. All right. Well, it didn't work. he, He got past it because his father helped him. Get the guns. Get okay. the permit. Get the, the uh, I guess, certification that he was allowed to purchase a gun. Gotcha. All right. Thank you. one 800 795 Dennis, thank you for waiting through all of that. You're on the mark. Yes. Good morning. Joe, I'm sort of trying to pick up on your um, conversation with Eric when you said, you know, the Democrats 
had their moments too, but you couldn't recall. Um, Clarence Thomas's, you know, cross examination for his, you know, vetting to be on the bench. Do you remember who actually was the Senate chair at that time for that committee? Was that Specter? No, it no. was absolutely Joe Biden. Oh, Joe Biden. Okay. Duh. So, and Clarence Thomas always felt that, you know, he was so maligned by what this committee did to him, and, it, you know, he built up such anger. I just read an article about this in the Western Journal. I think um, he called it a high-tech lynching, didn't he? Something like that. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, um, uh, Neil Lewis at the time was a writer for the New York Times about two years after Clarence Thomas got in, according to this article. He said that he interviewed, you know, law clerks and everybody, and Thomas said that um, he was asked when he planned to retire, and he says, if I make it to the year 2034. And one of the law clerks said, why? He said, because, he said, for 43 years, he says, he was 43 years old at his confirmation. He said, and the liberals, he says, absolutely made my life miserable for 43 years. And he says, I'm going to make their lives miserable for the next 43 years. <laughs> so, I, but it's interesting. I read this article and I started laughing when I heard you and Eric discussing that. I said, well, you know, I. it's according to this Neil Lewis who wrote it way back when, you know, I forget what year it was. And I don't even remember. I think it was like 91 or something like that. But anyway, I thought I'd throw that out there. It's interesting that how Joe Biden played a part in that, you know. Well, I think what's funny about it is that Eric finds a political process is terribly political. (laughs) Well, That's what it is. That's the way it was set up. That's the way it plays out. And it's been that way since we uh, started this wonderful country. But has has the court been this? Ask Millard Fillmore. He was (laughs) victimized. (laughs) Three times, right? Right. Yeah. Has the court always been this political in their findings? Apparently, there's some things went on in the 1800s. I remember reading about it, and there I forget what it was for. Well, Joe was practically the there. Dred, the, Dred Scott, <laughs> the Dred Scott decision was terribly political. It was meant to appease the South. Sure. Yeah, exactly. There you go. So, All right. But anyway, I thought this was fascinating. fits so well into our conversation today. So, Thank you, Dennis. All Thanks right, for Dennis. calling Appreciate in. Thank you. Thank you, Dennis. All right, Dale, you are next up on WKOK Show on the Mark. Go right ahead. I just want to talk about the public welfare bonuses that are being given out. What? I bet you that wasn't. I bet you that wasn't deep thought because four years ago, Chickatana would have probably seen it the way it is. So basically, <laughs> it's not Republican versus Democrat. This has got to be do with us versus them. And if I was them, I wouldn't accept the money because basically, I already know how it's sit. Everybody's hurt. You just can't do that. It's us versus them. You accept that money, you're basically are a part of that. That's just totally wrong. You I mean if you if you're a county employee and you take the inflation offset, since the county yeah, has yeah that, that that right there just spit in your uh, constituent's face, Republican or Democrat. I don't care who you are. It spits in basically, their face. How? <laughs> yeah, because Venezuela did the same thing. Don't you understand how who, the Civil War started? It was government. Who did the same thing? Venezuela. Venezuela. Okay. Yeah. Yes, socialist okay, country. The people who work for government went against the regular uh, blue collar private sector people, and they, they, then of course the police were on their side because they got the bonus too. Don't you understand how that works out? I mean, I don't understand the thinking not. about that. Basically, 
that narrative is being painted by the media. It's called us versus them, and you can just see it come right through our county. So what does the $600 have to do with Venezuela? Because it's a, uh, it's a, it's a government welfare bonus. That's what it is. Why well, everybody else has to pay a little bit more for that bonus. I I don't really care. You get, I mean, you know, that's just deep thought. I, I don't know how the hell that happened. That's amazing. All right, we got you. I Thank you. Actually, compassionate. I I would commend the county commissioners for being willing to do something like that. Well, and I. I, I I don't know this to be true, but they're going to come and visit us next week, I think. Uh, I'm sure they're using some of this federal dollars that they have that's available to certain discretion, things that related to pandemic or post-pandemic, and I think you could tie inflation. One of the factors seems to be the post-pandemic era. Right. 1-800-795-9565. Well, whalen has got to knock it off. Got some callers standing by. We will be right back. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing and can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Welcome back. Joe, you want to read something, or you want to go to the phones? Well, uh, no, might as well go to the phones, because the emails we have are off, to, off the topic we're on, and the gentleman on the line wants to talk about the Supreme Court. U.S. Supreme Court. Dan, you're on the mark. Hey, good morning, guys. Well, you know, I think our Supreme Court right now represents what the founders intended. They're interpreting what exactly what the Constitution intended for pro-life, you, you don't think our founders were pro-choice. They believed in pro-life, and, and you can be sure of that. <laughs> Based on what? <laughs> yeah, why can I be sure of that, go. Dan? Why can it, I be sure can. of that? Because I'm not, I'm not familiar with anything the Founding Fathers ever said about conception or right to life or abortion. Or privacy. They, you know, it wasn't even, abortion wasn't even hardly considered in them days. And even a hundred years later, Joe, in 1860s, I think 1860s, in Pennsylvania, in Berks County, a lady got pregnant, concealed her pregnancy, had the child in a potato cellar, no one ever knew it, concealed it, and she said it was stillborn, but she concealed the death. She was found guilty in Berks County. Guess what her penalty was? Hung by the neck till dead. That's how our forefathers looked at life. And this was 
yes, came but the, out after, sometime after the Civil War. That's, so a pretty they amazing, were that's a pretty amazing corollary, Dan. You're drawing between something in Berks County and then using that to interpret what the founders or what the what the founders of our country intended. I don't think you can make that. I don't think you can make that argument. Uh, okay, you, you don't have to take it, but that's what happened in 1860s. That's how they still believed in pro-life, as did the forefathers that signed the Constitution. They were pro-life. Well, that's what I'm saying. What is your justification for saying that? Well, you think that they were for abortion? You think no, any I don't of think them? Th- I don't think they, they thought about it one way or the other, to be honest I with you. I do. They had they believed life was sacred, given to us by our Creator. In the Declaration of Independence, they believed all life was given to us by a Creator, and we didn't have no right to take it. Where does it say that in, yeah, in the, the history book? Of Independence. I'm, I'm not familiar with that for that part of it. Well, in the unalienable rights. That means inalienable rights doesn't necessarily yep, mean to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Is that what you're right. shooting at? Okay. Yeah, exactly. And you can't. And that is life, and life begins with life. They, no way did they ever believe in abortion. Gotcha. There's no way under God's heaven that them men, any of them, would have been abortionists. Not. You can't convince me of that. Well, I won't and, try. All righty. <laughs> anyway, you have to agree. Um, I'm have sure to. you agree in theory. <laughs> that He's just they looking were not well, abortionists. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I don't think they were talking about unborn life. I think they were talking about people who were here, have certain rights to try and be happy and live their lives. Oppressed in by an onerous king, I think right. is what they were talking about. <laughs> Right. Yeah, but they included in that would be, it would be a, a child, as you say, unborn, but included in that, they have the right to life, too. Okay. Once you became pregnant, you have the, once you became a, in, you know, in your mother's womb, you have a right to life, as, as, as proved by the Berks County case. They still, in other words, that reflects our our attitude towards life. That, that's what I was connecting the two. In, in 1860s there, we still respected life, even the concealment. Well, if you were on that jury, Dan, would you have voted to hang her? I'm glad I didn't have to be on it, Joe. <laughs> I think... <laughs> <laughs> that I missed that one. Okay. And yeah. Yeah, I'm really glad it's a tough one. But that's, I'm just saying, that was our respect towards life. All right, we got you. And uh, far as weapons, uh, you know, there's no weapon that we as civilians should be kept from. As our friend Casey said there in your news clip, he called the AR-15 that we could buy a weapon of war. No way. We can't buy a fully automatic AR-15. I can't buy one of them. I can't buy any fully automatic weapon. 
So he, right. he misleads the public into thinking... Well, he's expressing his opinion. That's his his opinion. They're weapons of war. He's not using yeah, it well, as a definition. Well, his opinion is slanted. It's wrong. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. Slanted to the left. Therein lies to the heart of people, On the Mark. Okay. To make the uninformed think right. that we're able to buy weapons of war when we can't. We can't buy them. You know, so he's misinformed the right. people there. We got you. Thank and you so much, Dan. You guys Thank you. Have a great day. Hey, you too, buddy. Take Thank care. you. All right, one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five is our telephone number. Ironically, we have a text and an email that both contain the word scum. How often does that happen? Not often. Uh, you want to read one of them? All right. Uh, let's see. So, when there are gun laws in place and they're violated by scum, we should pass more. Makes perfect sense to me. No. Oh, I know who sent that in. <laughs> That's got stand written all over it. All right. Uh, read the, the other, other one. Scum has one. <clears throat> Yesterday, Adam Kinsinger posted three minutes of audio clips from threatening phone calls he's received for being part of the January 6th committee. The callers threatened to kill him and his family, including his five-month-old child. That's right. Trump supporters are threatening to kill a five-month-old baby in order to protect their dear leader. That's not very pro-life. This comes on the heels of photos showing the Highland Park shooter at a Trump rally and with a Trump flag wrapped around him. It's time for everyone to admit that Trump supporters are awful, disgusting, violent thugs. Their pathetic allegiance to a total loser has warped their minds and is turning them into domestic terrorists. Between these new incidents and the rioting on January 6th, America would be better off without these scum. Oh dear. Thank you, E.B. <laughs> <laughs> nice, graceful email. And you have one Always more. Always so positive and upbeat and, and <laughs> yes. willing to unite us as a country, yes. It's no wonder we're having a bit of a pickle here. Go ahead. Uh, you want me to read another one? Yep, upper right uh, corner. Part of the problem is parents typically can't see or won't admit evil in their own children. And I guess that has to do with the Highland Park shooter. Okay. And Eric gets a minute, and then we have to take the break. Go right ahead. Thank you to the callers to prove my point uh, with uh, Clarence Thomas. Clarence Thomas was appointed by George H.W. Bush in 1991 and was also uh, vetted by a Democratic uh, Democratic Senate because they did their duty. They did their duty and allowed it to go through, even though it was this one year before an election year. And they also, you know, it, it, it was a tough, tough uh a tough nomination process, but but he was they did their duty. They could not find anything overwhelmingly to not not uh, allow him, and they did their duty. Unlike what the Republicans have done uh, under President Obama late in his term, I'm just saying it's proving my point. Thank you for proving my point. Okay, okay. we appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> Talk about using one minute. Well, now there's more time, so uh, Joe gets to go before the break. <coughs> go ahead, sir. You're on the mark. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, I I had something uh, of. of uh, interest but your two uh, email the uh trump supporters that eb wrote in about mm-hmm. right threatening well they're they're not if they're anonymous we we know they're not trump supporters they're democrats and progressives who write these things and send them in just to make trump supporters look bad trump <laughs> supporters wouldn't do that you know, do you understand what you I mean? mean? rank-and-file Trump if, supporters who are just Republicans who like his policies? No, no, can, no. Well, I don't care. I'm, I'm just saying that it's like a ruse that people would do that want to make Trump supporters look bad is that they would bring this to Kinzinger 
and then he would post it and say, look at these Trump supporters, but it isn't Trump supporters, it's progressives who want to make Trump supporters look bad. Oh, okay, so it's progressives that are making... Uh, right, anonymous people can write in. You don't know if they're Trump supporters, right, if they're anonymous. Right, so, and so Adam Kinzinger's threatening voicemails could have been from a progressive trying to make Trump supporters right, look bad. Right, right, that's what you. I'm saying about so he, he has it, it all wrong. Is it progressives out there putting up the F-U blank blank Biden signs out there in order to make Trump supporters look profane? Uh, I'm not sure what you're talking about now. Uh, oh, there's signs out there. I might have the beginning things. of what you said. I couldn't quite. <laughs> and of course, the original "Let's Go Brandon" chant. That those are all progressives, or just some of them? Well, that's on. That's recorded when the uh, interviewer was standing there with the race car driver. <laughs> I mean, that's recorded that they were saying F, F Joe Biden, right? Right. That's exactly. She misinterpreted or or did it on purpose. That said, let's go, Brandon. I'm not sure what you're talking about. And the proud that's, I mean, that, that's that's not anonymous. Okay. Those people were in the stands at a like a lower than NASCAR race. You know, I don't remember who the Brandon was. I, he just won a race, and the fans were saying "F Joe Biden." And the uh, lady there that was interviewing Brandon, she said, "Oh, listen to the fans. They're saying let's go, Brandon, instead of right. what they were really." And I'm what they were really saying is "F Joe Biden." Right. Okay. So Joe gets nervous. I'm saying anonymous about this. I, I think the law of averages says you have to be at least partially right because there there have been so right. many, 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 many negative things said about President Biden. A progressive has to be doing one of them to make President Biden look bad. Right. Uh, they, right. They have to do something to keep Trump in the smear mode. Right. Smear. You have to do whatever you can. And this Kinzinger guy is uh, that. Well, that whole thing is a joke, which I. But anyhow, back to uh, maybe a little cleanup and uh, what we were talking about today is last week, uh, Chris the Corrector said that there is no Biden rule. Well, of course there is. And, and things that politicians have done years ago, which Biden did make a speech from the floor warning George Bush in his last year that do not, in the throes of uh, a political or a presidential campaign, don't even think about nominating a Supreme Court. And there wasn't even one available. Joe Biden was saying, if one comes available, don't even do it. That wasn't, Joe Biden was warning him ahead of time. He wasn't even reacting to a, like a sudden death or a retirement. So there is the Biden rule, which Biden didn't get on the Senate floor and say, well, now here's the Biden rule. That, that was attached to that later after you know people listened to it in the warning. Then the Republicans said, oh, well, Joe Biden said years ago that in the throes of a presidential election, you know, we're not going to uh, support uh, or hear a Supreme Court nominee from the president that's going out the door, such as Obama was when he elected Garland. And Obama wasn't even in, uh, George Bush Sr. could have been elected again. Obama wasn't going to be elected again, so they said, leave it up to the people. <coughs> and also that, so there is a Biden rule, there's no doubt about that. You can go and listen to the speech, it's on C-SPAN. What's if you want to see the, the uh, archives of it, but oh, then Harry, Harry Reid also was a contributor by making the uh, his rule about uh, not or not having a supermajority to nominate uh, lower court judges. And Mitch McConnell, I'm sure, warned him behind the scenes, and Harry wouldn't come off of that position of uh, you know just making it a majority of one, and then. 
McConnell made it public where he tried to put pressure on Reed to backtrack. And McConnell said, if you do that, we're going to do something when we get power. If I, I mean, I'm, I'm in for a conversation. I don't want to go on, but uh, right. you said a discussion. So if Joe has something to say, I could be wrong on any point, but go ahead. All right. Okay, well, I was going to talk about the Supreme Court again, so... But, you know, what's interesting to me is that Clarence Thomas, you know, we're talking about Clarence Thomas and his, his uh, the vote for him. He had 41 Republicans and 11 Democrats vote in favor of his nomination to the Supreme Court. 46 right. Democrats and two Republicans voted against him. So you could say there was bipartisan support and bipartisan rejection. But let's take Neil Gorsuch. 54 uh, senators voted for him, 45 opposed, only three Democrats voted voted in favor. So, I mean, it's become much more political in, in, I agree. in terms of these votes right. now. May I say something about, you know, the, a bit of a history of it is when uh, they went to put Rehnquist in, he got the most negative vote or votes against, you would say, because it was pretty uh, much a given, if I, I might be wrong on this, but back in a long time ago, they really didn't have the scrutiny uh, where they sat in front of the uh, Senate and were asked, asked questions like that. It was more or less just voted on without an interview. But then Rehnquist and then what Joe Biden did to Bork, the Republicans remembered that because they hated Bork because he was the Nixon's last guy in the Saturday Night Massacre, right? He, <laughs> Nixon couldn't find anybody to replace anybody, but Bork, when he got down to Bork, he asked Bork to. Then uh, Reagan, I think Reagan nominated Bork, and he got... He got crushed. He wasn't even accepted, right? So that that is a quite of a rare thing All right. back in the day. Yeah, All right. back in those days, getting bored right. was so a, was you can see how with Joe Biden cr- personally he was the head of the judiciary during the uh, Bork and the uh, Clarence Thomas hearings, and what he did to them changed, even put more intensity on the uh, interviews that they do to these judges now, and it, it, of course it escalates right, because go. one wants to get more of a political power than okay. the other Thank in the you, court. Joe. We gotta go. Thank, Thank you. you, Joe. Thanks All for right. calling Remember, in. Remember Exodus 21, 25, okay. 22, 25. Thank you, man. No one and, does. Uh, going back to uh, our caller, Dan, who says that the Founding Fathers opposed abortion, one of our writers says, Ben Franklin provided detailed instructions on home abortion in a 1700 book, Founding Father Indeed. Oh, I, I remember that. Yeah, it was a book. I mean, I I'd seen it, that, but uh, it, yeah, it was been talked about a lot. It's uh, was like a book of home remedies home and, remedies and, and other practical solutions, right. right? And he would revise it from time to time. Yep. All right, one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five is our telephone number. We will be right back. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. Uh, upper right-hand corner, right, Joe? Uh, during the colonial period, the legality of abortion varied from colony to colony depending on the European country which controlled the specific country. I guess I mean specific territory. In the British colonies, abortions were legal if they were performed prior to quickening. From 1776 until the mid-1800s, abortion was viewed as socially unacceptable. However, abortions were not illegal in most states. And the source of that is Abortion in Early America, a book written by C. Acevedo in Women's Health, 1979. Well, I guess a magazine article, okay? All right. Uh, Dennis, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, okay. I'm just going to take a quick minute. But in EB's um, note, 
Did E.B. say that the Highland shooter was wrapped in a Trump flag? Yes. He That's said what that. I thought. There's a, there's a picture of, of him with appears to be a Trump flag on his back. Yeah, and I just read in the Gateway Pundit, which is a conservative site, this morning that overnight, they, yes, they they had um, breaking news that they uncovered all this information, I guess, off this kid's computer, and he's totally tied with socialists, progressives, Antifa, and the occult. I should throw, well, maybe he's just an all-around person to jump on when Trump was there. Who knows, but... Maybe he likes any extremist. It, exactly. Trump that's, or that's otherwise. That's my point. But All right. I just wanted to say that. Yep. All right. Thanks. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Dennis. Uh, Mike from Blooms. Oh, glad to hear from you again, sir. We haven't heard from you in a while. You're on the mark. Yeah. Hey, that last caller, he, he perfectly illustrated uh, my idea that basically behind any uh, Democrat narrative, there's misleading information or, or you know, outright <laughs> lies. Because that uh, gentleman, well, there's nothing to laugh about. That's what the people know. They, they, you know, most people know that he had a Trump flag wrapped around him, but they don't know about the fascist, socialist, uh, you know, uh, attitude of this fella, you know, and, how, and what he really was. They know about the flag, and that's my point. That it's not just that flag; it's the other things. It, it's you know the way he was educated, the way he was brought up, and the way he was taught. And and uh, it, it's not Trump. You know, the idea that we are in a society right now. We're, we're, and, and listen, if there's enough tar and feathers to get everybody in Congress and everybody in politics. It doesn't matter what their party is. But the reality is, the narrative out there is that if you're a Trump supporter, the only people, uh, you know, if you want to be protected from Trump supporters, you have to uh, vote Democrat. And that's that's really bad. Cause, and, 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 you know, that, that previous caller, he kind of lit my fuse a little bit. But what I really wanted to talk about was energy. Okay, Germany is paying seven times the price that we here in the United States are paying for electricity, and we all know electricity is going up pretty good here. And essentially, in my opinion, there's a war going on, and it's an economic war, okay? And, and one of the big things that's, uh, you know, one of the fronts is energy. And we should be on war footing when it comes to securing more energy, because energy is national security, and uh, we don't want to end up like Germany. You know, Germany went all in you know, 120% for green. They closed their coal plants. They shut down their nuclear plants. And now they're starting their coal plants back up, and they're thinking about starting their uh, nuclear plants back up. So why should we allow ourselves to degrade even further? We should accept the reality for what it is. We're being attacked, and one of the uh, fronts is energy, and it's national security. And instead of dancing around and uh, saying we're going to go green, we're going to, you know, we're going to, you know, uh, force taxpayers to pay uh, higher electric rates so that schools and public buildings can have uh, solar plants and feel woke. When the reality is, we are in trouble, and we have Washington, both sides of the aisle, not acting like it. To thank okay. for it. Well, and uh, is there? I, I know the president is pushing a, a green agenda, and uh, you know all that sort of thing, but. If let's suppose the president took no action, and like President Trump took no action, would would not the private sector slowly transition to renewables? I mean, the first thing Shell Oil wants to do is to drill more oil. They don't want to do that. They want to find alternative sources of energy, whether it would be solar or wind or anything, because that's going to be sustain. That's going to sustain them and their shareholders in the decades ahead. 
You mean the rich people that own stock? Is that what you're saying? Is that your insinuation? Or, or would you like to see a situation where we say, hey, we think CO2 is the problem, okay? And now, you know, they, they say that the verdict is in, and, and we know this. Well, we know that CO2 is a contributing factor to uh, the atmosphere, and we know that it behaves in certain ways. But to me, the, the thing is, we need to have cheap energy, and it needs to be secure because it's national security. So if we want to switch our energy from a, a hydrocarbon-based uh, system over to solar and hydro and wind, that's fine. But I, I don't like government control that much, but there needs to be a plan to do it over a sustained period. Gotcha. You just can't pull the plug like they did in Germany and like we're doing right now because you know we have uh, over 200 sites set up for solar panels right now and some and some of them they're they're far along the only thing missing are the solar panels and guess who's holding up the production of solar panels China they're not they they, they shut down their factories you know they they're calling it uh, lockdowns because of covid and, and and maybe that's possible but the reality is uh Trump did do uh a good thing he put uh, what do you call it tariffs on the solar panels and and what China did originally was well they just ate that you know their 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 workers and the government ate that and kept the prices the same but then they started playing tougher when Joe came in and now Joe wants to release the uh, tariffs on there and trust me China's not going to lower the price because we want those panels if we want them badly we're going to pay whatever whatever they're charging so. There's a game going on that's really be a war, and it's being fought. One of the fronts is energy, and my position is Washington is not acting like it. They have this pipe dream that we can just flip the switch and go to uh, solar, and, and, and it can happen in a heartbeat, and we can all have those electric cars, and we, and we can say we're saving the world, but we're not saving the world. We're making things worse here. And I didn't even mention the three million new people that have come in this country under Joe Biden that are using energy, using food, using housing, and driving inflation up. I've got a seven-year-old grandson, and he said to me on uh, 4th of July, he said, Papa, do you know what the one thing you can find in every grocery store? And I'm thinking potato chips, popcorns. And I said, no, what? He said, inflation. It's in every store. And you know what? A seven-year-old kid has... That's funny. Yeah, it's, it's real funny. A seven-year-old kid... He knows what the heck is going on. I mean, he doesn't, you know, fully grasp it, but he knows people are talking about inflation. But you know what? The one thing that we could do to help inflation is we could say, hey, we are going to do what we need right now uh, and get this energy. I think Germany said, hey, we need liquid natural gas terminals. And you know what? We're going to do it. We're not going to worry about the permits right now because we need them. Our future is at stake. We're going to set them aside. We'll get the permits later, and we're going to build those terminals so that our friends in the United States can send us liquefied natural gas. Right. So you know what? There's some countries that realize what the score is. The United States, <laughs> we're behind the eight ball, especially when we have one-third of the people in this country reading at the sixth grade level. Okay, fair enough. Thank you. All right, we got you, Mike. Okay. Thank, Thank you, Mike. you so much. Take care, man. <laughs> you have too. a good one. Bye. 1-800-795-9565 is our open line. We've talked about abortion, U.S. Supreme Court, uh, natural gas, and uh, drilling for oil. One of our listeners on the abortion topic sends us this note. Says, I still think abortion is the woman's right. Men can mind their own business and bodies. 
Thanks. Bob. And we'll take more comers. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com or text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. All right, welcome back. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. (laughs) Boy, people are irritated at each other today. Yes, Tom says, Mike needs to stay away from the red Kool-Aid. Wow, what a diatribe. (laughs) All right, thank you, Tom. Uh, Joe, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Oh, thanks. That was uh, quick. Well, uh, I wanted to quickly get my... uh minute in about, uh, I wanted to thank Chris again last week for uh, calling in and talking about, uh, well, first of all, if I start proselytizing, I'm not <laughs> sure what that means, but uh, bring my attention to it because I know you said it's not allowed. So uh, I do want to talk about abortion and the Bible. And uh, Mark, can you guess what my number one voting issue is? <laughs> couldn't, abortion. Couldn't. Okay, it's abortion. I, I oh, got yeah, you. Right. Thank so, you. That's fine. Anyhow, that it's it is important to me, and I I do not use the Supreme Court of the United States as a moral guide. I I do <laughs> go to the Bible, and Chris said last week that uh, he even recognized that there is some I don't know what he said exactly some sort of punishment if uh, there is a a, a baby uh, delivered early because of men striving together and. Such and such, if anyone wants to read it. One but, minute. Uh, excuse up. me? You hit one minute, wrap up. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I, I still invite any Christians or anyone to, <laughs> the to call and say go. that there is no punishment in the, the Bible for uh, abortion because uh, Exodus 21 through 20, 22 through 25 is a definite proof of that. So, thank you for one minute. Thank you. Have a thank great you. day. Actually, you got a minute and 30, so we gave you, we were overly generous. <laughs> well, nobody gets just a minute. Everybody gets a little bit over. They get to finish their sentences. Right, finish their sentence, right. right. Well, what we didn't get to this morning was uh, Joe Biden, you know, has consistently denied having any knowledge of his son's business activities, uh, and yet there is a voicemail on Hunter Biden's laptop, which is unquestionably Joe Biden, referring to his son about how he may have escaped or dodged a bullet with respect to a story that was going to run in the New York Times the next day. And here's what he had to say. Hey, Palace Dad, it's 8.15 on uh, Wednesday night. If the chance to be called, nothing nothing urgent. Just want to talk to you. I thought the article, at least the thing on online, is going to be printed tomorrow in the Times, was good. I think it's clear. And uh, anyway, um, 
you get a chance, give me a call. I love you. Says, I think you're clear. And what the article was about the next day was about Joe, Hunter Biden's business connections in mm. China, which goes to prove that Joe Biden was aware of those connections. When he clear, was asked yesterday about it, when yesterday, when Peter Ducey from Fox asked uh, St. Pierre about it, she just dodged the question, refused to answer it, said oh, she wasn't going to comment on anything. You have that? Yeah. Uh, talk, set it up a little bit better. All right. Well, it. yesterday and at the press briefing, Peter Ducey from Fox asked about this email or voicemail that was left behind, and this is what happened. If, he, if that's what the president said, that, he, that is what stands. And second, secondly, but secondly, secondly, business dealings, and here, he says, I think you're clear. How is that not him talking to his son about his overseas business dealings? We're not from this podium. I am not going to talk about alleged materials from the laptop. So I will. I am not. Voice on the I am not going to talk about alleged materials on the laptop. Are it's you not happening. Then that it is not Peter, I refer you <laughs> to uh, to his son's representative. He's persistent. At least we'll give him that much. Well, that's what you should be. That's what a good reporter does. Oh, but, you know okay. the fact that they're dodging this. Obviously, the president lied. What's the president talking about? He's, He's talking about an article that appeared the next right, day in no, the Right, no, I got Times. that part, but when he says we're clear, what's he referring You're to? You're clear. He's saying apparently they didn't lay a glove on him. I got you. Okay. <laughs> All right. Joe, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Uh, yes, uh, I, I appreciate your last <laughs> call. He made good sense. Uh, I wonder why they say that this uh, anti-abortion now business, that it's going to be harmful to women's health. My question is, I wonder how many women that got abortions uh because they knew that if they carry that child to term, it would kill them or hurt them. Do you have any idea about that? How many angels can dance on the head of a pen? Oh, no, no, no. I'm sure, I'm sure it's very few women, because in the, in the Bible, Yahweh says, be fruitful and multiply. So if he's going to cause you to multiply and want you to multiply, that's what he wants. That's a command. And not only that, but isn't it always said about women when they become pregnant, my, you look so radiant. Uh, there's something in their bodies that when they, have, when they get pregnant, uh, there's other things take place in their body that's good for women because he, he made them to... Okay. Well, we'll have to find out what Yahweh says tomorrow because we're out of time today. Joseph, thank you for calling in. Let us know what you think tomorrow. We didn't cut him off. He no, he cut him off. Well, we're out of time. We don't have anything, nothing we can do about that. All right. I'm speechless. Somebody sent us some uh, Bible quotes about subtraction, too. So we have multiplying and subtraction. This is WKOK Sunbury.